be without my baby. Ja, ja Rule. Ja Rule kind of sounds like Cookie Monster. Ja Rule sounds a lot like DMX, and I don't think they liked each other. I ja think, Rule uh, is just, uh, he is a perfect, perfect storm. <laughs> I think Ja Rule, uh, the DMX lyric, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but I'm not him. All right, Slim, so watch what you do. Find yourself staring through the roof of the church. Preacher telling the truth that it hurts. I think that's about him. Um, I thought that Ja Rule did a Christmas song, but he actually reads how the Grinch stole Christmas. I know it's past Christmas, but it's uh, if you yeah. want to get into that holiday spirit next year, listen to that. Do or, you want to get in, a, in the holiday spirit in advance a year ahead of yeah, time? Can exactly. we just say we're girly mags? <laughs> oh, yeah. We are girly mags. Welcome back Hello. to episode 64. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Girly Mags, the nostalgia podcast that deep dives into all things 90s and 2000s by tearing apart the teen magazines of our youth. Magazines like YM and Sassy, and in this particular case, the February 2001 issue of Seventeen magazine. With Carson Daly's giant With Carson head Daly. on the front. Just a fucking forehead you could serve dinner on. It's just really impressive. I don't know why we're taking shots at Carson Daly. <laughs> him and James Van I don't mind him. I have no opinions about Lots him. Lots of great big foreheads in history. Yep. Me included. Frazier comes yeah. to mind. Frazier has left the building. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I am one of your hosts, uh, Dee Mortimer, and holy crap, am I excited about this episode. Me too. Yep. We are marking our return to Grizzly Mags. That's Does that mean right. you're going to be talking about gay bears? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, ne- ne- next best thing. We are talking moita. We are talking some murders. Uh, we are covering some crazy ass murders. I got to say, I had no idea the journey that I was going to go on with this particular case, which we will get into. Um, but you know what? To quote my favorite cartoon character, Ned Flanders, uh, this was a dilly of a pickle. <laughs> I shaved my fucking legs for this episode. <laughs> it's like really impressive. This this case is insane. I haven't shaved my legs for months. I got dressed yeah. up for this because I wanted to put myself in the right mindset to get out of my don't talk to me like uh, comfy clothes, my sweatpants. Mm-hmm. I'm still in those. I put on some polyester pants and a leather blazer. Who are you, leather blazer? I had to take a hacksaw to my legs because there was a lot of hair going on. <laughs> <laughs> like Andrea, I have not shaved my legs since like maybe March. So <laughs> quarantine a year legs. Ago, I had definitely had some quarantine legs going on. Anyway. Yeah, my name is James Holly, aka Marilyn Mansplain. Once again, if you're a new listener, give us some uh, space. We we usually record in person because of the coronavirus. We have to record over Zoom. And it doesn't sound as good as it usually does, but we'll make of it what we can. And, uh, yeah, there's not much you can do in coronavirus. We're stuck inside. It's winter as well. Uh, but I found something uh, to give me a little bit of pleasure. Uh, it's a pro-life hack. Don't say pro-life. I'm sorry. It's a, <laughs> it's a uh, life begins at conception hack. <laughs> Better. <laughs> uh, I, if you want to give yourself a little treat, a little something during these coronavirus times... I've been taking my phone out of its phone case. <laughs> it's thin and it's smooth. I'm living life without any protection. It is wild. <laughs> James is There's like, no- it feels like a new phone. Yeah. Look at it. It's so smooth. It's, it's-, ha- it's smooth and slippery. It could slip out of my hands and break at any second. I'm living on the edge. I've done that before where I took the case off and then I was shocked that I had a rose gold iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> 
I forgot that I had a different colored iPhone. La di da, millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, it's me, Andrea Johns. I just woke up from a nap. It's been a long week. We're actually recording on a Friday night right now, which we never do. This never happens. It feels cool. I'm excited to get a little drunk and Mm -hmm. talk some mortar. So let's get I, on it. I, I tried. I tried to do a dry February and made it to today. <laughs> it's oh. the sixth. No, it's the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> we also talking some bricks. Yeah. What else are we gonna talk about? We've got bricks gris- and mortar. We've got grizzly mags. We've got a, br- a blooper blowout with a bunch of trauma rama mm-hmm. moments. We've got some We're hard talking questions. Lesbians. Yeah, lesbians. Some hard questions about lesbians. We're talking some '90s boy band lyrics. Worst dates because this is a Valentine's app. It might come out after Valentine's Day, but it'd still be in the spirit. Or not. We're also going to find out if James can shut up. And as always, <laughs> uh, join our Patreon for an extra segment that I don't know which one's going to make the Patreon right now. Andrew, do you have some people to shout out for yeah. our latest patrons? Patron, patrons. Patrons. It's patrons. <laughs> and if you want to join our Patreon, you get extra segments, magazine archives, merch. You can suggest magazines to us. You can chat with us. Just join it. We got a $1 and a $5 tier. We might call you up and give you a quiz. Yeah, we can call yeah. you and give you a quiz. Those are always fun. Uh, we did that last week and it was really fun. So we just want to say thank you so much to our patrons. Rachel S., Sarah Thanks, P., Rachel. Jessica B., Sasha K., Kelly R., Roxanne F., Marta S., De- Denise D., Jennifer S., Laura S., Gabrielle L., Lainey S, Bex, Alexander C, Gina I, Lauren S, Erica L, Emily H, Kalika, Tammy, and Sarah F. We love you guys guys. so much, and thank you so much for supporting us. We are going to get into This Month in History. All right, This Month in History. This is where I take you back and give you a little context of what was going on when this magazine came out, February 2001. All right, on February 1st, this only matters to our Toronto listeners but and the surrounding areas, CFXJ, better known as Flow 93.5, premieres Canada's Ooh. first urban music station. James was all over that shit When it uh, first started, it was just like a repeat loop of songs. Like from, They wasn't live. It was just like a repeat loop of songs that played over and over and over. Before that, we had to listen to WBLK from uh, Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, 93.7, and it, it was all fuzzy. <laughs> or if there was songs that, that crossed over into pop music, you could listen to Chum FM. Dude, they did not they play, play black music on... We had three different, at that time, three different techno stations. Hot 103.5, Energy 108, and I forget the third one. Three different techno stations, no urban music at all. Yeah. Not surprising. Toronto was super fucking white in the 90s. You'd go to nightclubs, you'd go to club nights, and it would be literally not a single, like it would all be just pop music all night. It was t- You had to go to special nights to hear, special urban nights to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. And surprise, surprise, they had extra fucking racist dress codes on those nights. Yeah. Security. No other radio station was playing like actual truly urban music or whatever, but you would have some crossovers like, you know, there would be some TLC got played for yeah, 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 okay, TLC. See, like late 90s, like early 2000s Whitney Houston. was really weird yeah. because even when you look at these magazines Boys and they do men. like teen surveys, they'll be like, what's your favorite genre of music? And it's like alternative rock like pop, like Britney Spears, and then like rap is at the bottom with like. Three I remember players. it used to be a thing that people used to say. It was like a catchphrase. I like everything except rap and country. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
And now those are the, probably the only two viable genres of music <laughs> left. <laughs> sure. And classical, but I don't really listen to classical. <laughs> oh yeah, all those, all those Patrick new, Bateman, all those new classical hits coming out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, on February eighteenth, not a lot happened this month, by the way. Uh, February eighteenth, uh, FBI agent Robert Hansen, the worst Hansen brother, <laughs> is arrested for spying for the Soviet Union. He was sentenced to fifteen consecutive life sentences. They don't fuck around when it comes to uh, espionage. Espionage, but I, that wasn't interesting. I I was scrolling through his thing, and then I, I read on his Wikipedia. At Hanson's suggestion, a retired army officer would sometimes watch the Hansons having sex through a bedroom window. <laughs> did you say? Did you say Robert Hanson? Yeah, his name's Robert Hanson. His name. Do you know is there's Robert a Robert? Hansen. Yeah. So I think the worst Hanson brother was also a Robert Hanson. He was an American serial killer. Oh, really? H A N S S E N. Okay. So it's like. Okay, uh, this is H A N S E N. He was called the Butcher Baker. So then he would invite uh, this army officer over to watch through the window, and that wasn't good enough. So then he began to secretly videotape his sexual encounters and shared them with the guy. What a fucking creep. Did his wife Uh, know? No, no, his wife never knew. And then uh, later he hooked up a closed circuit television line (laughs) so the guy could. How badly did this guy want this army officer to watch him and his wife having sex? Maybe he's related to serial killer Robert Hansen. (laughs) All right. In music, Lady Tron released 604, uh, which was a uh, Electro Clash album. Uh, on January 29th, I just found this out, uh, The Strokes released their Modern Age EP, which no one really had, but it was uh, was their first release. And any excuse to talk about how The Strokes changed everything, <laughs> I'll take it. And then uh, the big one, Daft Punk released Discovery. Ooh, I like Daft Which Punk. is the... Uh, Kids out there, and especially the younger kids, I want to send you a message. <laughs> do yourself a favor. Do some drugs. <laughs> and when I say do drugs, I'm not talking about anything you can get out of the ground or anything you can get as a prescription. I'm talking real drugs. <laughs> Take that as what you... And uh, fun drugs, not like sleepy drugs. And uh, listen to Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. That breakdown is the closest you'll get to pure fucking serotonin ever. You don't have to do drugs, by the way. Don't listen to James. We claim no responsibility for anybody who, like, does drugs and doesn't end up well. Why do I have to do drugs to get, like, serotonin out of my brain? Why can't I just take serotonin? Like, why don't they have, like, just serotonin as, like, That's a pill? That's what an antidepressant is, you it's moron. No, it makes your brain release serotonin. Why is my brain holding out on me? Why is it holding all the serotonin? I have to take some you special did so pill many to make drugs it release. Back then. <laughs> I've never yeah. done drugs in case my mom's listening. <laughs> 43rd annual Grammy Awards are presented in Los Angeles. Steely Dan won. What? I don't know. Best <laughs> album. <laughs> wow. Was my dad responsible for the fucking Grammy nominations that won year? Record of the Year and Song of the Year for It's a Beautiful Day. Was Dee in the nominations <laughs> for that year? Hey, now. <laughs> and in movies, Hannibal was released, the Ooh, prequel yep. to uh, Sons of the Lambs. And Andrew's favorite, Monkey Bones, starring <laughs> Brandon Fraser. <laughs> Ugh. Now, I've never seen this movie, but as far as I can tell, Brandon Fraser is hit on the head, and while he's in some weird Tim Burton dreamland, uh, his monkey, cartoon monkey friend, takes over his body and spends all his time trying to sexually assault Bridget Fonda. Oh, my God. Which, to be fair, to be fair, tracks for what a monkey would do. (laughs) 
They are perverts. And also tracks for what passes an acceptable plot for February 2001. And yeah. that's the month. Woo! Show me the monkey! Shake that monkey! Speaking of the Grammys, we are going to do something that you might have heard in our last episode when we covered the Silver Chair Murders. Well, a couple episodes ago, but yeah. yes. It was a couple episodes. Grizzly Mags! Murder mm-hmm. Mags! Murder! General <laughs> callback! Murder mayhem. It's murder! Murder Inc! Sorry, that's going to get annoying. <laughs> so, with today's story, we are going to cover... The Hollywood Ripper, also known as the Chiller Killer. Yeah. yeah he sounds cool. Or the boy next door in something super creepy. Yeah. He's got a yeah. pretty cool name. He does not look like a boy next door. He looks like a uh, serial killer. Richard Ramirez <laughs> is known as the Night Stalker. And then yep. the fucking first Night Stalker has to be known as the original Night Stalker. Yeah, come yeah. up with some new names. In case you don't know who the Hollywood Ripper is, we are talking about Mike Garulo. Mike Gargiulio. Whatever. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of garbage. We'll call him Mikey G. Yeah. We'll call him Mike the fucking asshole. Yeah. Whoa. Don't get too edgy there with the murderer. (laughs) Hey, guess what, Mike? You were way out of line. You're a jerk. And I don't care who knows it. Mike is a piece of shit bastard, and him in his trial, he looks like Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. He's super bald and has a goatee, and it w- it took me a second to realize I wasn't watching Breaking Bad. Not that I've ever watched Breaking Bad, which what? I'm hoping to rectify that like this winter. Huh. Um, it's a but- very ugly show. Yeah, I love the show. It's a great show, but it's I never want to go back to it because I don't want to be... Actually, I watch Better Call Saul, and it's hard to be in that place because it's so ugly. I love the desert. Yeah. Everyone, Shut it's up. like the worst fashion ever because it's in that like this mid, era, early 2000s. 2000s 2001. Where, like, everyone's wearing baggy clothes. It's just ugly. It's just an ugly, ugly show. <laughs> so we'll call him, we'll call him like poor man's Breaking Bad. Okay. Um, and that's what he looked like in the trial, in my opinion. PMBB? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Do it. Ashley Ellerin was born in Los Altos, California on July 16th, 1978. For those of you that don't know, Los Altos is located in the San Francisco Bay Area in North Silicon Valley. So it's not even really a city. I mean, I don't think it is because it's in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. So she attended uh, Los Altos High School and then later, like so many people in California, relocated to L.A., in the year 2000, and she attended the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. It was also reported that she worked as a makeup counter attendant and as a part-time exotic dancer and escort. But it should be noted that a lot of this information came from her childhood friend who wrote a book, uh, a memoir entitled The Hot One, which is kind of exploitative, and she really took the opportunity to paint herself as a victim by proxy, when she wasn't yeah. even really friends with her, like, since childhood. So I don't know how much she knew about her life or how much of it was true. So that book wasn't written by Robert Thomas? <laughs> no. Man, it's Actually, a hot one. I looked up Ooh. the hot one at the library, and all I got was uh, Harlequin romance novels. There was a lot of, like, uh, yeah, torsos on the front. There's also a popular chicken wing watching uh, eating show that's called The Hot Ones. Hot Ones? Yep. Cool. 
I, I, I scanned through it. I thought like I started reading it, it like it genuinely reading it at the beginning of the week and had I had trouble with it because when I read true crime novels, I usually read the ones that are like very much like this is what happened in the case and like and I like them to be relatively straightforward. They, they can be non-linear, but like I usually like them to be like about the case. And this one was very, very, you'll like it if you like memoirs, but it's very memoir -y and I like had to start scanning through yeah. it just to get to the trial well, section. It didn't, uh, it didn't Linear. paint a friend in the best light. So anyway, victim blaming mm -hmm. sucks. Don't do it. So, yeah, we will talk about that. Linear? <laughs> Linear? I couldn't let that slide with how much we make fun of Andrew for not pronouncing things correctly. <laughs> what? You what? said Linear. She was thinking about wieners. Linear. 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 Fine. Well, you know what? Okay. I, I deserve that. Correct me when I'm wrong. <laughs> so Ashley yeah. was described by her friends as fun, spontaneous, and beautiful. She was super outgoing, and she rubbed shoulders with some Hollywood celebs. Uh, she lived in a charming yellow bungalow behind the what's now the TCL, but Grauman's Chinese Theater uh, on Pinehurst Road in the Hollywood Hills of L.A. with her roommate, Jen. So... Earlier, we were talking about the Grammy Awards. So on the night of the Grammy Awards, February 21st, 2001, Ashley was set up to have a date with that 70s show actor, Ashton Kutcher, mm -hmm. to attend a Grammys after party with him and have some drinks. So he called her around 8.15 to let her know that he was running late because he was at another party watching the Grammys. He was considered a love interest too. Like he was, he was, he considered, they, they yeah, were they had met a couple months before like, and they were both single. They were kind of like dancing around each other, flirting. Yeah. They were dating. I mean, you're, you're already at a party and now I'm like, why didn't I just go to the, why didn't I just get invited to that party? Why? I have to go she to was this? okay with it though. <laughs> Cause she was, she was just getting out of the shower. Yeah. Now this is the first crime that happened in the night around 10 45 PM. He comes to pick her up. 10.45. Uh, no. Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude? He was like two hours two late. Two and a half hours late. They were supposed to go to dinner. I'm not eating at 11 p.m. Like, fuck this. They were going to go to, like, dinner and drinks and then, like, an after party. I don't know. They were. T they talked that day, and apparently she was like, so should I come to your Grammy party and, like, meet up with you, and then we'll go from there? And he's just like, nah. Yeah. Like, he just was like, no. Which I'm like, that's fucking rude. Well, and it fucking played out later, so. Yeah. So around 1045, he comes to pick her up at her house. He knocked on the door once, twice, no response. And he thought that she might have, like, was pissed off at him and left and went somewhere for the evening. So he looked through a window and saw what he thought was red wine spilled all over the floor of the house and just left and got back in his car and drove away. But in his defense, he did say that he'd gone to parties at her house before and it kind of had that like early 20s, like spilling red wine vibe. Yeah, party house. Yeah. Vibe. So he didn't think much of it and he left. So the next morning uh, around 9 a.m., her roommate, Jen, Ashley's roommate, Jen, came home and she found Ashley stabbed 47 times Ugh. face up near the entrance to their bathroom how do you even count 47 stab wounds man well he wasn't counting he wasn't like trying to no. nail 47 no, no 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 i'm talking about like detectives how do you oh. like you take you do yeah. an autopsy i mean that's just, their like, job. 47 fucking yeah, that's their stand, job. stab wounds no i'm just saying like how do you even fucking count that right yeah. oh you think there's some blending yeah like the, <laughs> like this like you know some stab wounds hit the same spot yeah. so it's hard to distinguish but apparently Ashley was a huge like joker and played a lot of pranks. So at first she thought it was a prank and then she clearly realized that it was not. And she freaked out and ran out of the house into her car. 
to call 911 and then paramedics and fire trucks uh, obviously soon swarmed the block and the manner of death was clearly uh, homicide. So about a year before her murder, Ashley was helping a friend fix a flat tire uh, on her block. And this tall, handsome, quote unquote, good Samaritan neighbor comes up and offers to fix the flat tire. His name was Michael Gargiulio and him and Ashley began talking and he was like an HVAC guy, like a general handyman. And he was like, if you ever need help with heating, babe, I got you. Turns out because she lives in hot ass L.A. that you probably need those services more than you think. So she called him. Heating. And, uh, well, uh, air conditioning. Cooling. Cooling. Heating, heating and cooling. Like, yeah. He, he probably should have like focused a... on the cooling aspect. They really <laughs> wanted to sell it. <laughs> so he was invited to a couple parties at her place, as were many people, because apparently it was like a hangout spot. And hey, Ashton, friend... uh, this Grammy party. Can I bring this creep with me, by the way? <laughs> so <laughs> It's my plus one. <laughs> so all her friends thought that he was a bit weird and creepy. Apparently at one party, he just like sat and stared at her the entire party while she was socializing yeah. with her friends. So the like one piece of advice here, trust your friends and trust your instincts. If your friends say yeah. the guy's a creep, he's a fucking creep. Full stop. Why'd you look at me? You thought I had something to add there? Just because I'm wearing Elton John glasses and a leather blazer and platform shoes? No, you look amazing today. He's still a creep. So... Uh, his name came up when her friends were asked about the homicide because she had this huge social circle. So obviously narrowing down a suspect became like a daunting task. Um, but the LAPD did have Mike the Handyman in their peripherals. I don't know if you're going to mention this. If you are, you can ed- edit this part out. But what's crazy about that that meeting, uh, that, that meet cute that they had with the fucking blown out car tire, they took the car to a mechanic who actually said, you don't have a flat tire, your tire was slashed. Oh, shit, I didn't so know So it was, his tire was, that, that car tire was slashed, apparently. And also, he came out of fucking nowhere from the direction of a dead end. And he lived, like, down the street. The crime scene investigators didn't collect any physical DNA from the crime scene at her house, so he clearly wore gloves or booties or something. Um, but they did collect DNA samples once they found out who he was. And so I... A few years go by with nothing. The case is essentially cold. And then the LAPD gets a call from Cook County, which is in Chicago's PD, where Michael Gargiulio was originally from. And his DNA matched samples from the 1993 murder of 18-year-old Trisha Picaccio. But it turns out him and Trisha's brother were good friends growing up. and he'd spent Real good friends. Yeah, so Michael Gargiulio had spent a lot of time at their house, at the Picaccio house. And he'd even given uh, Trisha a ride home the night before she was found stabbed in front of her house. So they weren't able to prove that that DNA wasn't from being in contact with him or At from her point. ride in the car. Yeah. But they were suspicious. Yeah. Like this, this is two people now. Like, that, is that just bad luck that two people, you know, end up stabbed the same way and they're both connected to this guy. So they let this fucker get away and he went on to kill and critically injure two more victims he murdered 32 year old mother of four maria bruno in el monte california in 2005 and then in 2008 he attacked michelle murphy in santa monica so he both of them were attacked while sleeping and stabbed repeatedly but michelle murphy fought this motherfucker kicked him off she's the bed a badass man and like and ended up getting the knife away from him and actually like it ended up i don't know if it slipped and it's cut him but whatever but the knife injured him in the process and this left like a trail of blood in her apartment and then when they ran the dna it matched 
to Michael oh, yeah. Giulio. I was about to say, yeah. like, it sucks that they couldn't hold him because they didn't have enough charges. But you always hear about some guy who got held on some weed charges and was in Rikers for four years, and yet somehow mm-hmm. this guy I can't know. be held pending exactly. charges. So this was when all four crimes were connected, and he was dubbed the Hollywood Ripper and arrested promptly. Yeah. And now D is going to take over the job. Yeah. Oh boy, this is just like I wrote more this notes on this like than I've ever read. Order. Speaking of Law and Order, fun fact: Al, um, Ashley Eller, uh, Ellerin was actually connected to. She had actually dated both Vin Diesel and from Law and Order, Jeremy Sisto. Hey, what a so connection! So he flew her out. Jeremy Sisto, I think, flew her out to Toronto, uh, where he was doing. He was filming something, and he flew her out to, to see the filming or something like that. Shit, you um, did deep dive into this case. I <laughs> fucking ate and slept this fucking case. Like just, I focused on nothing but this case. I've written more words about this fucking case than I ever have in a final essay for school. <laughs> I had. It's insane. So the trial for uh, Mike uh, Mike Gargiulo, Gargiulo, I never know how, I, I, I don't G. think. Didn't I... we settle on PMBB? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're going to call him, we're going to call him poor man's Breaking Bad. Um, so the tr- his trial started on May 2nd, 2019. This is the actual Jesus, trial. that was so soon, like, or so yeah, recent. Yeah, it's, it's so recent. So speaking of which, this is, um, this is the a case that took the longest in, LA County Jail history. This goes down as the trial that took the longest to get to, to to trial. Now, the hot one, the book that was written by her childhood friend, I think starts with the pre-trial because California is a death penalty state. I, at least they were when they were trying this. I think they still are. So he was getting prosecuted. He was going to go down for two two capital murder charges plus an aggravated assault of uh, Michelle Murphy. So they had to do, I think what happens is they have to do a pre-trial in order to make sure they have enough evidence to go to actual trial. The defense lawyer in the pre-trial is one of the guy, one of the part of the OJ Simpson dream team who wrote uh, his, basically helped Johnny Cochran craft the, like his clothing, closing statement, I think. Alan Dershowitz? No, Charles Lindner. Oh, not one yeah. of the. He's the uh, the Christian Leitner of the OJ Dream Team. Shout out to my '92 basketball fans. The woman who wrote the memoir says that this guy was part of the like OJ Simpson Dream Team, but I think he was just behind the scenes. He wasn't like one of the guys in the courtroom. I don't think. Right. I made a fantastic '92 Dream Team reference there, but fine, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just I'm so excited to talk about this trial. <laughs> prosecution basically it went down like this so the prosecution's main witness is of course michelle murphy because she survived so they painted uh, mikey g um as a serial sexual thrill killer who stalked his victims stabbed them and mutilated them and to quote the prosecution this case was about the methodical systematic slaughter of women so in the pre-trial thing that I mentioned before, there is a, it was just slut shaming up and down of Ashley Ellerin because they wanted, the guy wanted to sow the seeds of doubt about Ashley in order to get the focus away from Mikey G. 
because there was never any physical evidence that linked him there to was her, right? there was nothing that tied there was right. nothing there was no eyewitness testimony there was no trace evidence there was no physical evidence there was no dna no fingerprints nothing this was like a very cold case it was going nowhere there was it was open but it was definitely they had nothing to go on mm-hmm. um and like you said it's really hard to prove a serial killer or it's hard to prove well it's hard to prove a serial killer right off the bat but it's hard to prove a murderer when somebody has the social circle and the social standing that uh Ellerin had mm-hmm. so there was quite a bit of slut shaming if this guy could have flat out asked if if anybody considered ashley a slut he would have but it was obviously you're not allowed to say that in the court of law without getting objected so the trial starts they call their first key witness michelle murphy who had survived her run-in with gargiulo she described how she was attacked while asleep in her bed and according to her she grabbed at the knife wrapping her hands around the blade managed to kick him off the bed and then she ran after him as he tried to flee the scene and then he said i'm sorry <laughs> exactly she mentioned not getting a clear look at her attacker but said that she was chasing him through her apartment and he was saying he was sorry which is interesting and this the defense is going to come back and use this like as as part of their defense of this fucking piece of shit. I don't get why being I don't get why being a slut is relevant. She wasn't willingly stabbed by a bunch of penises. No, they because they wanted to they wanted to say that it was impossible to pinpoint who murdered her because basically her apartment was a free for all of ma- like rando men. And also she it was said that she was a sex worker, she was an exotic dancer and an escort and they basically tried to paint her as somebody who had multiple multiple like you know dates with men and was basically just like had a could have been anyone and they were trying to sow seeds of doubt because like apparently she was quote unquote like a fun loving girl she mentioned not getting a clear so uh, michelle murphy mentioned not getting a clear look at her attacker but said that she was chasing him through the apartment he was saying he was sorry murphy was however able to notice in all of the hoopla of her being viciously fucking attacked she noticed that her assailant was left-handed um, which is a super strange coincidence, as the stab wounds from both Ellerin's and Bruno's murders were said to most likely be caused by somebody left-handed. And surprise, surprise, guess who's fucking left-handed? Me. Poor man's Breaking Bad. Yeah, Mikey G. James so is left-handed the... too. Uh, so oh, are a disproportionate man. number of presidents and Paul McCartney. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so to the surprise of no one, Mike's DNA is just all over that apartment because he's literally bleeding everywhere. So this was never in doubt that he was the one who attacked Michelle Murphy. So in a surprising turn, the prosecution was also allowed to mention the murder of Trisha Picaccio, um, who was the young mo- woman that um, the, she was 18. Yeah, so back in Illinois, who uh, had been killed in Chicago 10 years prior. So this whole 10 years, there was like 10 years between where this poor family in Chicago is just like begging people to kind of focus on this case. And it's just going cold. He was super young when he did that, too. He was like 17, he was 17 years, years, old. years old. He was 17 years old. So um, the defense or the prosecution was actually able to mention the fact that Gargiulo's DNA was found under Trisha's fingernails, which Andrea mentioned. So at the time that Trisha was murdered, uh, DNA, the DNA that was found um, because the, the DNA wasn't really having a heyday yet, um, they basically, the the attorney didn't want to file charges because um, they, they would be based on only this kind of DNA evidence found on her fingernails, with, which could have been caused by the fact that she had seen him the day before. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to now, or fast forward to like 2003 or 2001, they had a forensic expert 
who basically re-looked at everything and said, no, 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 no. The DNA that was found under her fingernails was 50-50 mix of her DNA and his DNA. This was not caused by like contact casual, casual contact, yeah. least, and especially not casual contact the day before she was murdered because that would have just clearly washed away. Yeah. So they're just like, no, this was like probably she scratched somebody and that's how this DNA ended up under her fingernails. The, de- the defense must have tried everything to get this blocked from this trial because like this hadn't even... Trisha's murder hadn't even been tried yet. So yeah. he hadn't even been tried for this murder. And they were already painting him as somebody who killed Trisha. How good of an HVAC man is this guy that can afford <laughs> such great representation? <laughs> so the, the defense must have been trying everything to make sure that this murder didn't get get uh, get put into evidence. I'm surprised they let it. I, I'm surprised as well. I could not find, uh, I couldn't find anywhere why this why they were allowed to bring this in. But they were able to bring in Trisha's whole fucking family who came in and was on the witness stand for this and they were able to bring this forensic uh, psychiatrist psychologist to basically come on and say like no this was clearly like more than just a casual contact yeah so going into um the testimony of up-and-coming young actor and model ashton kutcher um he was another witness who was actually a star witness for both the prosecution and the defense which is really interesting so he, his, he was allowed to testify or he was asked to testify because it was important to the timeline as he was probably the last person to talk to Ashley alive. Mm-hmm. And this call would prove really important for the defense who also, claim, who also claimed him as a star witness. So according to Kucher, he was late picking her up, only getting to her home around 1045. He knocked on the door, no one answered. He saw that there was wine, uh, that what he thought was wine stains was actually blood, which Andrea mentioned. And um, also her father was in town helping her with some renos in her bungalow, and that included painting. So that also could have been sort of like an explanation for why there was red spots on her floor. So after learning about the murder, he immediately is just like, fuck, my prints are all over that door. Yeah. And he immediately went to the cops and was just like, my, you're going to find my fucking prints all over this fucking door. And, you know, like, this is what happened. We were supposed to go out on a date. I didn't see her. She, I thought she was angry because I was so fucking late, which tracks I would fucking leave if he was two and a half hours fucking late for a date. So yeah, so he basically was like very cooperative, very, very upset, like very, very distraught over this murder and did Probably everything guilty he could too, to help. Because you're like, if I would have shown up like earlier, this might not have happened. They weren't allowed to record the, the actual trial. The trial, they were only allowed to take pictures, mm-hmm. but he apparently was quite emotional on the stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that. So we'll come back to Ashton. And they bought it because he doesn't have that kind of range as an actor. (laughs) We saw a dude, where's my car? We know that he doesn't have this kind of range. Don't you remember the butterfly effect? telling the truth. Oh my God, the butterfly effect. Holy fuck, I hated that movie. (laughs) I should have liked, I should have liked it, but I actually just was, I I, I don't know. Yeah, like what would happen if you showed up on time for a date? (laughs) So we'll come we'll come back to Ashton Kutcher's like testimony with the defense because they latch on to that phone call that he made at like 8:24. So regarding the murder of Maria Bruno, the prosecution noted that the, they found a blue boot outside of her home that had her blood on it and hit and Mikey G's DNA on the band. It's like a booty, like a painter's yeah, booty. Yeah, it's like right? a yeah, it's like a painter's booty or it's like, you know, the kind of boot that you would wear at a crime scene to not get yeah. shit all over the place. A serial something a serial killer would have. 
It's like a Dexter piece of shit fucking boot that he was wearing. Or something that someone would like, you know, who works in HVAC would wear when they're going through someone's house. True. And that comes up in the defense. Well done, James. You could have tried this case. (laughs) I would have shown up my leather blazer like my cousin Vinny. (laughs) And Andrea kind of looks like Marissa Tomei. (laughs) Yeah, no, not right now. Oh, you look beautiful. Oh, thanks. Regarding the murder of Maria Bruno, the prosecution noted that the blue booty that was found outside of her apartment with drops of her blood on it and DNA and his DNA around the band, which is like their main, that was their like main thing with Bruno's murder was just like, there is a very clear link because of this boot. And also they found the matching boot in his attic. What a dumbass. Throw out the other boot, you fucking moron. He's definitely a fucking Oh, booties are expensive. So basically the prosecution painted a portrait of Gargiulo as a man who, who was violent towards women, um, fascinated by Ted Bundy and studied forensic science. And they actually linked, uh, they actually, I believe somebody mentioned that he was like really into the anarchist cookbook and that the, the stabbing patterns of both Ellerin and Jesus um, or, or no, Jesus. Oh my God. He killed Jesus? Jesus as well? <laughs> this guy's a you real piece know. of shit. <laughs> He's the Roman who stabbed him with the spear? <laughs> Basically, they, they linked the stabbing process that was outlined in Anarchist Cookbook that he was apparently into to the stabbings that took place with these two murders. They also linked um, his, like, where he was living. He lived close or was all intimately, victims, right? all the victims, yeah. or was actually seen as, like, a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. He was linked to all of these fucking cases to the point that the prosecution took the jury out for a fucking field trip to prove how close he was living to these victims. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> nice to get out. Yeah, nice to get some fresh air. Did yeah. they get to go um, stop by the Grauman Theater, the Grauman's <laughs> Chinese Theater, and just take some photos with maybe, like, Superman or oh, the Hulk? <laughs> So now we're going to move on to the defense, the, the defense aspect, right? The, I told you this was going to be a long fucking case, and it's because this is the most that I could actually cut my notes down to without losing anything. So the defense team for Mikey G just mean, he said he maintained his innocence for the entire time yeah. he was in jail, which was like seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, like I said, we he was like one of the longest. He he was like went down in history and has gone down in history as the person who's taken the longest to go to trial. So specifically about Ashley Ellerin, um, the defense maintains there was absolutely no witnesses to Gargiulo entering Ellerin's house, which tracks. There's no DNA, physical evidence, trace evidence, or fingerprints connecting him to the crime. Um, And the defense focused on Ashton Ashton Kutcher's call log from that night because Ashton admits to speaking to Ellerin at 8.24 p.m. And the reason why we know the exact time is because they checked his call log. Mike, Mark Durbin, who was basically her, he was her landlord and they were, and he admits that they were having an affair. Yeah, they were fucking that night, right? They were, they were quote unquote being intimate. Mm-hmm. I'm a good lawyer. They were fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Durbin admits to being in Ellerin's house that they were having an affair and had slept together the night of her murder and that she got what he assumes was this call from Kutcher just as she was getting out of the shower. So he testifies that he saw her taking the call and he decided to leave because he had to meet up with the other woman that he was seeing. However, the defense present, uh, presented that there was a neighbor who testified that around 8.25 um, or 8.30, they heard what they think was a woman screaming, which I don't know how you think about a woman screaming, but like I kind of know when somebody's fucking screaming. And so- yeah, dude, I live in Parkdale. I hear it all the Hollywood time. Hollywood Hills could have been coyotes. <laughs> could it, Maybe actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
they the defense say that there was like that that uh mark durbin mark durbin was actually the one who did it um he he had the means to he was in the room he was right there when the murder was apparently happening um and this neighbor testified to hearing screaming at like 8 25 which is when he was leaving and durbin's just like nah that's just how i do you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) oh there was a woman screaming while i was there all right (laughs) Shout out to the lady members of the jury. You know what I'm talking about. You know how Derby do. It should be said after that nice little fucking acting scene that James just did that both Ashton Kutcher and Mark Durbin were completely cleared of like any wrongdoing and were very cooperative through the entire process. Now we've got Maria Bruno. So again, the defense emphasizes there was no eyewitnesses and no evidence left behind at the crime scene with the exception of that boot outside. The defense tried to explain this away as being typical piece of clothing, like James said, that a heating or air conditioning repairman would wear and that it must have fallen out of his bag when he wasn't looking where it picked up some of the blood from Bruno's murder. They then proceed to point the finger at Bruno's estranged husband. There was evidence of a fractured marriage Uh, marred by incidents of violence, as well as her blood being found both in his car and on his baseball cap the night of the murder, which this doesn't look good. And also, I kind of don't blame the defense for like going after the husband. 99 to 100% of the time, the husband fucking did it. All right. So I don't really blame the defense for kind of going in this direction. However, according to the husband, they had rekindled the relationship and that that he said that the blood was from when she cut herself at the restaurant they were at that night. And this was actually corroborated by a waiter that was out there who said that she, yep, she cut her finger, was bleeding all over the place. Ew. (laughs) Get out of my restaurant. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So that's how he he explained the way that there was like blood in his car and on his hat. That waiter, Ron Goldman. (laughs) (laughs) I would not be fucking surprised. (laughs) Um, and now, so I, pro- I promise I'm almost over. So no one tries to deny this piece of shit was the attacker um, on account of his DNA being absolutely everywhere, which we said before. Um, however, the defense only, this is where it gets fucking bonkers. And I was just like, I had to like throw shit across the room and be like, I need a fucking break. So no one tries to deny that he was the piece of shit that attacked her. However, the defense only calls two people to the stand for the attack on Murphy, two mental health professionals who diagnosed him with a mental disease or disorder that proves that he's incapable of premeditation, deliberation, or having malice of forethought, forethought um, and eventually settling on a diagnosis of disassociative identity disorder, also known as multiple personalities. Oh God. Okay, you don't have the foresight, but you bring like forensic booties so you're you don't exactly leave DNA all over the scene you wear gloves so you don't have fingerprints shut the fuck up the reason why the defense latches onto this fucking multiple personality possession shit is saying that he went into a fugue state during the attack and that he can't remember the attack and that when he cut himself on the blade it woke him up and that's why he stood up and tried to run away yelling that he was sorry because he came out of his fucking fugue state and was suddenly just like, why am I attacking this woman in her bed? So it's like, this was very much a Hail Mary pass. Like this was very much, like these kinds of things are very, very difficult to prove. Mm -hmm. But all this defense attorney needed to do was plant a seed of doubt that he was not responsible for this. And this is the fucking tactic that they went with. Mm So that ends the trial. Closing statements were basically prosecution said he fucking did it and gave them all of the, uh, and basically listed all of the similarities amongst all of the murder victims, including all of the fact, like the fact that he was like 
located very close to everybody that he fucking murdered. And basically very much their closing statement was just like all foreign murders are linked. It's the same fucking killer. The defense went into the exact opposite direction and was basically like these were different locations, different years, which would have spoken to like an abnormally long cooling off period. Bro, we probably killed a bunch of other people that we don't even know about yet. You're jumping the gun. So allegedly, allegedly, he when he got brought in being a, to be questioned or arrested for all these fucking murders, he basically said not only which division are you from, because he didn't know who was tr- who was charging him with what. So he asked what division they were from to take him down to the to the jail, and then afterwards, when he was being when he was being questioned, allegedly, he said. It doesn't matter. It just, just because you have 10 w- dead women and my DNA at the crime scene doesn't mean I murdered them. So this dude probably killed other people, if not definitely, because nobody really has a cooling off period of like fucking years between murders. Oh, hell no. And if he knows forensic science, they could just not have any trace evidence for it. So they don't exactly. have any way of proving, connecting it to him. Yeah. So jury deliberated, uh, went into deliberation on August 12, 2019, spent three and a half days in order to come back saying he was guilty of attempted murder of Murphy, guilty of first degree murder of Ashley and Maria, and he was probably going to need to be extradited back to Illinois to be tried for Trisha's murder. So the sentencing sentencing phase started on October 7th and he faces he faced either death or uh, death penalty or life without parole but sentencing has been delayed so we're Is still going committed? on Oh come on <laughs> No, it was delayed because of various defense motions. So his defense team is still trying to like fucking get him off the hook for this bullshit. So he hasn't even been tried in Illinois with that poor family who's still waiting for justice. Oh, fuck this. He's still free. Still in fucking this isn't even over. No. Yep, Jesus. it's not even fucking over. It's not over. He hasn't been tried for Trisha's murder. Um, and this is just bullshit. And the thing I just want to end on that chilled me to the fucking bone if everything else hadn't is the fact that he when he murdered fucking trisha um picaccio and i keep wanting to say trisha pistachio but i won't (laughs) but (laughs) trisha picaccio he signed her fucking condolence book what a fucking asshole they have her family kept the condolence book obviously and they were able to find his fucking signature He's in the condolence famously book. very sorry when he does these things is that enough <laughs> is it too late for him to say sorry because he just stabbed into your body oh i'm going to hell i'm oh, going to you hell you are going to hell that's awful anyway end scene that was really long thank you for sticking around with me I could not have cut it any more than I did. I apologize for the length. Yeah, of- one real piece of shit. One hell of an HVAC repairman. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely different. Okay, J-Lo's love probably costs a lot. She married A-Rod, A-Rod, Mark Anthony. He's kind of hot. What? (laughs) That's my Skeletor impression. (laughs) Okay, we are on to the trauma-rama blooper blowout section. So in each Seventeen magazine, they always have a little section that's the most embarrassing moments written in. And 
this one was pretty lame. So you should go into sales. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, this sucks. So I went on the 17.com website and I found some Valentine's Day horror stories that'll make you cringe so hard. Horror stories. Horror stories. (laughs) So this one. On Valentine's Day, my senior year of high school, my mom decided it would be a good idea to invite the extended family over. Never a good idea. (laughs) Her cousin had just gotten divorced, and somehow both the cousin and the ex showed up. Cue the stiffest family gathering you could ask for. Because she was so horny. (laughs) You could seriously feel the tension throughout the whole house. This surreal nightmare accumulated in me clogging the toilet, which caused a pipe to burst which caused a massive leak about five feet from where everyone was sitting eating cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss cheese. <laughs> can't eat cheese anymore because I'm on a diet. And then I started, so I started looking up like other Valentine's horror stories. And there was this one where we had tickets to a Broadway show. I ate something that disagreed with me and shit my pants while running to the bathroom. And to make uh, matters worse, pants. I was wearing a thong. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Ooh. The girly mag shitting your pants. Once oh, an episode. shit my pants on the way to the bathroom. <laughs> shit your thong. Ooh. Yeah, would you have to go back and like sit in your seat? I mean, those are expensive tickets. I, I missed my calling. <laughs> not going into musical theater. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. And then this other one, which says, we were having sex. It was amazing. Until she switched it up and tried reverse cowgirl, totally overestimating her abilities. We ended up at the ER all night because I was convinced that she broke my dick. We soon oh. stopped seeing each other after. Wasn't that a rumor with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra yeah. back in the 90s? I think that I think actually so. happened. He broke his dick. Like, yeah. I think it was a legit thing. I'm doing yeah. a fact check right now. Dennis Rodman. Somebody did. Dick. I don't, I, I don't well, because like the the, the, the the hospital basically said, yeah, yep. you broke your dick. Son. Here's how Dennis Rodman <laughs> broke his penis in three different places. Yep, <laughs> it's a, like a hemorrhage. There's no, no three bo- different times. There's no bones in there, so it's like a hemorrhage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently it's quite painful. <laughs> You're tearing me apart. All right, so we have our next segment called Hard Questions. Secrets revealed. Scandalous. So this question comes uh, from a reader who says, my three best friends and I have always been really close. About a week ago, my friend Lisa and I walked in on our other two best friends kissing. It kind of freaked me out. They said they're lesbians, but I don't want to believe them. Now Lisa won't talk to them and she wants me to stop talking to them too. But I want to remain best friends with them, even if they are gay. So what should I do? I don't know how to take this question the advice is pretty good though this is right around the peak time of not believing people are lesbians because you got tattoo yeah. being like i'm not gonna get us not gonna get us not <laughs> oh my goes. god isn't that that's how <laughs> the song goes. goes all the things you said all the things it's you a said, different fucking head, song they had more head. tattoo had more than one song no, they're they not yeah. gonna get us not gonna get us <laughs> it's that no i think james is right sorry andrea <laughs> So I like this question. I like the advice as well, which is basically like, it's totally understandable that you're shocked. You didn't expect to walk in on your two friends, Mackin, but like get over your shit, be their friends, tell them you're, you're totally down with still being their friends. And then slowly but surely like try and bring Lisa around because she's acting like a fucking cunt. Also, who's this fourth Lisa? She's not one of the three best friends. She just some bitch who walked (laughs) in on the other two best friends making it. This is true. 
No, no, it's her. The question, the question's phrased as like my three best friends and I. So there's four people. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, oh I see. I'm bad yeah. at math. <laughs> yeah. So there's I'm like four of I'm bad at lesbian them. math. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the advice is really good, but it's just like I don't know. It's it must. I just feel. I feel. I really feel for the two girls that like they that got caught kissing is because like imagine like the confusion and then you immediately have two of your best friends that suddenly aren't talking to you anymore and you know like such a bummer and I just hope they're okay. I hope you guys are okay and still together or not. Because I mean, I hope they're not school. still together. I mean, <laughs> I don't either. I hope they're no, still no. maybe lesbians, but I hope they're not still together. The one person. Same. Same. I hope they had a lot of experiences. I hope they're happy is uh, together or apart, hopefully apart because you need to sew your fucking oats, man. <laughs> and I don't believe in monogamy, but anyway, that's a story for a different day. Now that's another story. Let's get Show me the meaning of being lonely. This is such a COVID song. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the meaning. Uh, everyone's me. lonely. Right yeah, now. everyone's lonely. lonely right now. I mean, I'm not because I have Andrea constantly within throwing distance all the time. <laughs> no, it's definitely a fucking 2021 mood and 2020 mood. All right, this segment is called "Show Me the Meaning uh, of Boy Band Lyrics." Dot dot dot. I'm sorry. Show me the meaning. Dot dot dot. Of boy band lyrics, we asked some regular guys for a reality check, so they grabbed some fucking douchebags. Not, they're not bad guys. They're just guys from the 90s. Douchebags. Yeah, and they asked them their opinions about some lyrics from some uh, boy band songs. That's they, your first mistake. They, they had a leading, they, had, they gave them a lyric, and then they gave them a leading, that lead them into a question. So here is a lyric from a song. Girl Next Door by Take 5. I've been creeping with the girl next door. The lyric is... There's something that you should know. I've been creeping with the girl next door. Oh, God, it's Michael G. It's fucking... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Mikey yeah. G. I was thinking Shaggy, but you're right. <laughs> uh, I've been creeping with the girl next door. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And the question is, when, if ever, is cheating okay? Oh, God. They're asking high they schoolers all said, this. Cheating sucks. It's bad. It's unforgivable. One guy, one guy said, Joshua, if you've been trying to break up and she won't back off, Cheating is okay. Thank you for being the ninth dentist. <laughs> or the tenth dentist who didn't agree. I'll tell you one situation which cheating is okay. When you have already broken up in your mind, uh, oh I will God. bring it back. I was dating a girl. I decided we were, weren't right for each other. She lived out of town, which was unlike me. Because she was always downtown, but she lived... She didn't live out of town. She lived in North York, which in yeah. Toronto is just like out a half town. an hour subway. I, will I, oh, my ride. God. This is a great question. How many subway stops will you go to fuck someone? <laughs> I will not date someone. St. Clair. St. Clair. <laughs> no way. If they're not within walking distance, and that's like a 30-minute walk. If they're not within a 20-minute bike ride, it's not working out. I, I'm not taking multiple buses. No, I'll take I'll take a I'll take a subway to St. Clair for some D. Oh no! Yeah, once, once, not multiple times. I've had a long distance relationship. I used to drive two hours to get dick, so I don't know. Wow, that's a commitment. Holy fuck! It wasn't that great either. Wasted all that gas money. Of course it wasn't. You were tired when you got there. Cause it was two <laughs> no, it just hours wasn't away. great. It wasn't great. So oh, let okay. me explain my why it's okay to cheat. I had broken up in my mind. <laughs> Uh, they had, I've talked about this before on the show, so. Yeah, and D yeah. got mad. Yeah. 
I know. I'm very. This doesn't paint you in a good light, buddy. Okay. 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 That's my Joe Pesci because I'm wearing the jacket. We we been dating. We've been fighting. We just started dating, and she was like, she forced me into the relationship because she's like, hey, if we're gonna be together, you have to be with just me. And I was like, sure. Why not? Victim. I'll blame. try it. She's not the victim in this situation. I am. She sucked. Anyways, James broke up with her because she had a food allergy. He's lying. That is that was part of the consideration because she couldn't eat oh, wheat, for and I sake, could not bud. see a future because the, my whole life was like eating bread. Not eating bread. Now I can't eat bread. I don't barely eat bread now. Yeah, but, maybe you guys should date again. Oh, hey, just still. Uh, <laughs> I think she blocked me, and I will explain why later in the story. So, and uh, she lived uptown. We've been fighting, and then I, I was like, all right, I'm not into this. And it was uh, sh- Valentine's Day, and I had in my head, we're going to break <sighs> up. But, but she had exams. Final exams for her last year of school. So I couldn't break up with her because she really liked me. And I was like, I'm not going to fuck up her exams and like be responsible for that. So I kept maintaining the fact that we were together. But as soon as she was done exams, I'd planned on breaking up with her. And then when she did, I did. And yes, I slept with someone in that time. But uh, <sighs> the irony is uh, later on, someone who worked with Andrea in a bar told her that I had been cheating on her with Andrea while we were, me and her were dating, which was not true. I was cheating on her with her a totally different person. <laughs> me and Andrea weren't even talking at that point. Yeah, I hated him. We were in a fight. Which is really hard to explain to someone. I saw her once after that at a bar, and I really want to tell her, hey, by the way, that guy, Gossip Girl, he was totally <laughs> fucking wrong. I was not cheating on with you, Andrea. I was cheating on with a totally different person. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. That was a long story to come around to the fact that you thought it was okay to cheat on your girlfriend. I wasn't cheating. I'd broken up in my mind. It was no. like, it was, the cheating wasn't, the, the breakup wasn't escrow. <laughs> Oh I don't know if God. you're a, a finance person. If you start going into fucking inflation, I'm going to stab you the next time I see He's you, gonna, dude. She's going to pull a Mikey. Dude, it's... <laughs> dude, you cheated on your girlfriend, man. Just fucking own it. I did it. I broke you up did. with her in my you mind. You don't fucking this cheated is, on This her. is going to go on forever. I don't mind. Wrestling match. <laughs> All right. Dude, you cheated on your girlfriend. Just fucking own it. Kind of. Okay. You come to a, you've come to a compromise. Okay, I will take the kind of. I'll take the kind of. You fucking cheated. I will take the kind of. Kind of. And is cheating ever okay? Maybe when you break up in your mind and never see them again. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't think cheating is the worst fucking thing in the world. You don't even believe but, in monogamy. Well, is that yourself? I don't even believe in monogamy as long as it's like a, as long consensual. as it's a conscious, a conscious consensual understanding that you guys have an open relationship, then that's not but cheating. But that's not cheating. No, cheating is the worst thing in the world. Murdering a lady who, <laughs> when you do exactly. age Exactly. In the grand scheme of things, cheating is not the worst thing you can do to another human being. I've forgiven people for cheating on me. Just don't fucking lie to me about it. If James ends up dead, it might have been D, but it could also be Mikey G. <laughs> <laughs> it could also be Mikey G. <laughs> All right. So next lyric is, don't want to lose you now by the Backstreet Boys. Don't want to My place was always beside you, and I wish I didn't need you so bad. Your face just won't go away. I hate when someone's <laughs> face won't go away. 
Get out of my face. Again, it's probably Mikey G. <laughs> and the question <laughs> is, have you ever broken up with a girl or had her break up with you and wanted to get back together? Anyone? I, no, exes are exes for a reason. We yeah. broke up and you got you. I, got I didn't want to. Yeah, you did. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Hot take. Hot take on your relationship. He Ever. snuck into my life like Mikey G snuck into her apartment. <laughs> you snuck into my apartment, <laughs> broke in, and then left me a note. <laughs> You're lucky that's all I did. The door was unlocked. That oh, would never co- hold up in court. <laughs> it would never hold up in court, dude. <laughs> what are you, a vampire? Oh, the door is unlocked, so that is an invitation. I really love these little, like, you know, insights into your life together. <laughs> Brings me joy. All right, more lyrics. These are just the lyrics that annoy me. This isn't. Uh, we're off. We're off. We're off book now. Uh, <laughs> Oasis slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball. Also, Our Lady Peace. She's falling back to me, defying gravity. Those are both things that are don't work. <laughs> if you're slowly walking down the hall, how can you be faster than a cannonball? <laughs> if you're falling back to me, you're not defying gravity. <laughs> Thanks, Bill Nye. All right. Now into the series. I got you some more boy band lyrics that I'm going to read you, and then I'll have questions. All right. LFO. Light funky ones. Rest in peace to the guy from there. <laughs> Who died? Uh, Rich, the, I think his Rich, name's Rich. Rich. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had his name is then. Rich. Rip. Okay, everyone makes fun of his lyrics. You know the famous one? But he was just a king of non sequiturs. There was a good man named Paul Revere. I feel so much better when you're near. Again, <laughs> this not, reads like an Irish limerick. He's <laughs> fucking Bob Dylan, just free association. <laughs> Like the color purple, macaroni and cheese, ruby red slippers, and a bunch of trees. <laughs> okay. no. That sounds like I'm on shrooms. Same song. Yeah. And then the famous one is, new kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And my question to you is, what is the worst food poisoning you've ever had? <laughs> Sushi. I've actually never had food poisoning. I don't think... I did almost no, shit my pants once after sweet eating something. Summer child. <laughs> yeah, I've sh- I've had some very bad diarrhea from after Taco Bell. <laughs> we know. Throwback to episode one. I got it from some sketchy sushi. I knew it. I knew as I was eating it, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna come back to fucking haunt me." <laughs> the King of Leon sale event. Your sex. This sex is on fire. I actually love the song. I, 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 I haven't met that someone. That is a UTI I haven't me. met someone from Alexis on Fire, which is a famous Canadian band, but I wanted when I meet them to be like, oh, you're from that band with that anthem. Oh, Alexis on Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is on Fire. Uh, so my question to this is, what is the worst UTI you've ever had? Oh, God. I had one that lasted like five. Oh, my God, D. You sweet summer child. Much like you've never had food poisoning, I have never had a eh, eh, down you've there. Never been so drunk that you just fell asleep after sex because you gotta pee after sex. I have peed every single fucking. I pee after masturbation. Okay, <laughs> like it's... here's my P S A. Pee after sex. Don't leave that gunk in your tubes. <laughs> nope. Pee after sex in your birth canal, as James refers to the vagina. I used to find I got UTIs really bad when I used condoms a lot. And I'm not saying don't use condoms because you should. But no, I've heard that. 
We had a roommate who got really bad vagina problems, and she only fucked nerds. So I'm like, wash the Doritos dust off your penis <laughs> before you have sex. <laughs> oh, what a loser. All roll out some wacky wagons. All right, here's another quote. All right, this is from Nickelback. And oh my God, this is the worst, <sighs> worst thing I've ever heard. People hate Nickelback all the time, and it's un- it's fashionable to hate Nickelback, get a personality, yeah. whatever. But here's a good reason to hate Nickelback. Here's some lyrics from their song, all right? I like your pants around your feet, and I like the dirt that's on your knees. Ew. And Ugh. I like the way you still say please. <laughs> While you're looking up at me, you're like my favorite damn disease. What's your favorite? What's <laughs> your favorite disease? <laughs> My severe addiction to true crime is probably my favorite disease. Here's the thing about those Nickelback lyrics, though, is now I'm not com- I'm, I am completely not surprised that they were found playing a gig at the Piggy Palace, which is Robert, Robert Picton's fucking little like fucking rave bar yeah. that he had on his farm. And they played the Piggy Palace. Look it up. It happened. Dirt on your knees. With- Especially with those fucking lyrics. While we're talking about these lyrics, here's the rest of the next bit. I love the white stains on your dress. I love the way you pass the check, which is fine. I love the good times that you wreck, which is great. And I love your lack of self-respect. Oh, God. While you're passed out on the deck, I love your hands around my neck. Oh, my good God. I hate Every part of that. So like, there's a great just... reason to fucking hate Nickelback. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. That's the only fucking reason you need. Also, they probably killed some people in, in BC. <laughs> but in their defense, look at this photograph. Every time it made me laugh. Sorry, Skirt. We had to restart this because, sorry, you had a story? Okay, I have. My best friend used to work at a lemonade stand. Was she eight years old no this is my question (laughs) was the was it spelled like backward letters what do you mean she worked at a fucking lemonade stand did she sell shit for five cents no it was like a it was like a chain like uh jamba juice like they were at like fairs and like it was some entrepreneuring like nine-year-old no this is when we were like 19 but anyway she worked at the lemonade stand What weird fucking porn is this? <laughs> there was a lot of ants at her work, which used to really piss her off. Like ants or aunts? Ants. Like like, like the insect or like the, the insect. your mother's sister. <laughs> and right. so anyway, she she comes off. This ends up with eggs. Like I'm gonna be <laughs> no, very fucking there's upset. No eggs, there's no eggs. <laughs> there's a lot of ants at work and it used to really piss her off. And uh she got it. Well, the- she's sitting behind a bunch of cardboard boxes <laughs> on a, yeah. someone's lawn. So <laughs> I assume. Fucking lawn. So she gets off five. this hard day at work. She's like, "There's so many fucking ants <laughs> at work." Hard day. Who is hard day at work at a lemonade stand? <laughs> it, was- <laughs> it was really hard work. It was hot. She was outside at like a rodeo. And anyways, so she gets in the car. It's better, and better. <laughs> <laughs> she gets in the car and she's like, "I just want to smoke a bowl." And she like goes into her thing and then like she can't find her weed and she's like getting super super upset and she's like i just listen to some music to calm down and then she puts on the radio and that song plays and he just bursts into tears he starts crying hysterically and i'm like uh do you want me to turn off the radio 
So she works as a 19-year-old at a fucking lemonade stand. <laughs> she literally worked for the boss baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So your friend is nine years old, had a hard day at the office because she works at a lemonade stand, couldn't find her weed, and then turned on the radio and Nickelback happened and she burst into tears. <laughs> yeah, that's the that summer. Tracks. That that's fucking a bad tracks. day. <laughs> that's a horrible So you day. had a bad day. Oh, wait, that's not Nickelback. <laughs> Cause you had a bad day, you take one down, you sing a sad song just to turn it around. Shut the fuck up, she said. I'm going fucking deaf, you're always too loud. Everything's too Can you loud. shut up, James? Here's the thing, James keeps counting in our segment singing like basically saying one, two, three Marlenas, and now I just want to listen to the wallflower. Dude, he's play he's been doing this for a week. It's Can you listen to Yeah, I have a thing where I think it's hilarious to keep repeating the same thing over and over. Yeah. It's also kind of used uh, by people who want to gaslight someone into thinking they're insane. I do the exact same thing, but I find it hilarious. I'm gonna stab him. <laughs> One, anyway. two, three, Marlenas. <laughs> yeah, you're Tom DeLonge. Go hunt some aliens. Can you One, shut up? two, three, Marlenas. <laughs> yeah, so this is the quizzy. Are you a Motormouth Megan or a Lip Service Liz? Oh, this God. This quiz is going to be given to James to find out if he can ever shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep score. Okay. All right. So question one. For your birthday, your grandmother gives you the cameo necklace she used to wear. Eyes are on you. The whole family knows you're not a fan of jewelry. I mean, I feel like James is a fan <laughs> of jewelry. He has so much jewelry on right now, it's insane. You A, say, thanks, Graham. But last time I checked, it wasn't 1904. Plus, I don't really do the secondhand thing. B, I mean, James is all secondhand. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, amazing. It's one of the things I like about you, James. B, thank her and tell her you'll wear it on special occasions or at least special occasions when she's around or C, tell her it suits your style perfectly then put in a request for the matching earrings next year <laughs> he's not saying anything on purpose <laughs> i don't know what that has to do with shutting the fuck up but whatever <laughs> come on <laughs> <laughs> i would do C. I would like someone from my family to give me something and uh of course you would imagine cameo and earrings oh my god that's like every i have a cameo right ring now. and andrew doesn't like it i'm not a fan oh, the cameos. other day i was wearing a fucking hoodie and uh and, uh, and a, a toque because i was cold because our apartment heat doesn't work and he was like this is the way i like you which is a fucking assault on that is not I what i person. said what i said was i i think you look cute right so, now when he, what took he it said as a was this is how you remember <laughs> okay Oh my God, look at this next question. To be fair, he breaks up with people in his mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, number two, for a day and a half, you've been camping out for Blink-182 tickets. Woo! And the girl ahead of you is joined by 24 of her best friends. You A, say, excuse me, but the box office sign states no, no place holding. I was about to say no hand holding. <laughs> um, B, set aside to give her and her buddies more room. No, that is fucking rude what they just <laughs> yeah. did. And you don't have to fucking save that spot for anybody. Or C, scream, <laughs> this is me, scream line cutters. Line cutters! That's so James. <laughs> at the top of your lungs. <laughs> Here's the thing. I can't scream because I actually live in an apartment and I oh. don't want to get evicted. But Andrea <laughs> did a very good, very good imitation. Dude, I would scream. totally do that. I hate when people butt in front of me. It's one of my pet peeves. 
So scream line cutters at the top of your lungs <laughs> until security guards come over. Come on. <laughs> um, I am Canadian, if people haven't listened. And uh, I'm really horrible at, uh, I want to say things. Is there an option for me to say things sarcastically to myself? You could probably say line cutters. <laughs> One time I was at a fucking, uh, I had the worst experience of this. I was at a bank machine and someone cut in front of me. And I was like saying to this person, I was like, oh, I was just waiting here. You, uh, you, you could just cut in front of me and you just think it's whatever. And then I saw, I, they, they cut in front of me and they went. And I saw them again later at an Asian restaurant. And I walked in the Asian restaurant and be like, you guys think you could just cut in front of me? And it's fucking, I'm nothing. I'm just speaking right near me. And they're like, we thought. Oh, I feel like this is going to end with a wheelchair. They said, we thought you were on the phone. And I was like, all right, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think t- one is sort of like, excuse me, but the box office. I would take it like a bitch, is what I'm saying. I would take it like a bitch. I would complain right, to so myself, B. and I would you're take gonna it like a bitch. Everybody, you're going to be, you're going to let everybody cut in line. I think James is going to be, we're going to surprise everyone with this quiz. Yeah, that's a, you know what? It's valid. I mean, I I like to think that I'm the kind of person to yell line cutters, but oh, like I would, James, 100%. I am... I'd push them too. You're a very special person for Reno. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I'd, get, I'd, be, I'd like push them too and get arrested for assault. I had to domesticate Andrea like a, like an abused like pit bull who like initially <laughs> thought anytime anyone said anything against her, she could just fight them. And I had to explain to Andrea, you're not in Reno anymore. You These are like, 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 like well You can healed. take the girl out of Reno, but you can't take Reno out of the girl. These are white people who have never been to fight in their entire exactly. lives. It's like, it Andrea, would ruin us and everyone knows each other and it would ruin us socially you can't just hit people i had to explain this to andrew like it was like a like a some kind of white savior movie from the 90s where i'm just like talking to someone who used to be in jail or from (laughs) juvie i'm like michelle pfeiffer and andrew was like no i will teach you how to not hit people (laughs) (laughs) okay next question when your boyfriend who's always wanted to go to art school suddenly opts for pre-med you A, buy him a stethoscope and a medical dictionary to help him catch up on science requirements. B, laugh hysterically and tell him you wouldn't know a vein from an artery if he saw one. <laughs> Rude. What is he thinking? Or C, recommend schools that offer both pre-med and art classes. That way he'll be you covered. You can't do both? What am I? You what, cannot am I do made both. of money? <laughs> is he like, am I have a posh boyfriend who can just like, his parents are going to pay for his willy-nilly taking courses? First of all, who is like an art student that then just totally goes pre-med or who's pre-med and then suddenly does art school? I have a friend who uh, was like a math genius who went into art school and I was like, the world doesn't need you to be an art student. Like just go into fucking your math genius things. Yeah. So you would have bought him a stethoscope. My dad gave me two pieces of advice my entire life. One, don't go into your artsy school because uh, you need to go to U of T because if you live internationally they'll know what that university is and two all women are bossy (laughs) (laughs) i mean true the one helped me being like i kind of interpret it as women won't just put up with your shit and just like they will want things from you you can't just do whatever you want that's how i interpret it also he said a rich woman is easy to love as a poor woman There's three pieces of advice he gave me. Okay. All right. Anyways, I forget the question. And I resent being asked it. 
Andrea, oh. answer for me. I would say I would. You would definitely buy them a stethoscope yeah, because you'd go. be like, go, go to like med school, yeah. you dumbass. I don't need that's you. We, the world doesn't need more fucking posh art students. Go fucking be a doctor. Also, here's the thing. If they suddenly decide they're not good at it, then you've got a stethoscope and you can role play. Your friend picks you up for the Valentine's Day party wearing a sweater so bright it nearly blinds you. <laughs> this is hilarious. This has happened to James before James. with his friend. His own clothing. Yeah, with his own <laughs> clothing, like... but also his friend. And he's very rude. So if he says anything else, he's lying. If you want to destroy my sweater. When she asks your opinion on that very bright sweater, you A, give her the thumbs up, feeling confident is the most important part of looking good anyway. B, compliment her on it, but mention that neutral colors suit her complexion quite well. Or C, say ew and drag her to your closet for an emergency fashion transplant. 100% B, because I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I can't save you from yourself. <laughs> like, I will just like let it go. I will give you some hints, but I, I can't do all this work. Like, if you want to look like a piece I've of garbage. I've literally heard you say, do you want to look like a piece of garbage? Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yeah, can't save you from yourself. If this is what you want to do, go ahead. Do you want to look like a piece of garbage? Okay, let's go. Oh, it'd be <laughs> way better the if they want to look like memoirs. a piece of garbage. Do you not want <laughs> someone to want to sleep with you? Do you want to like look like trash? <laughs> okay, so then you're C. He's you're totally C. How old okay, am I? Because this down. is a question now, because now things are much more conservative. When I was younger, I'd be like, you want to look good. You want to look flash. But now that I'm older, it's like, yeah, just do whatever you want. <laughs> He's C. 100%. I don't want to be with anyone who's trying to get laid. That's disgusting. No, it's your friend, you idiot. You can't even follow the quiz. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, what are their clothes? What? How will that affect them? Them not getting laid? I don't want them to get laid because that's disgusting. You have literally <laughs> said to your best friend, what the fuck are you wearing? Take that off to Norm. I love, <laughs> I fucking love that I'm giving this quiz called Can You Shut Up? And James keeps interrupting me. I know. <laughs> Andrea's interrupting me way more than I'm interrupting her. Okay, next question. I this is I have been railroaded on this charge worse than fucking Mike Gigliotti. <laughs> All right. Okay, Mikey G. <laughs> question five. Uh, three hours into volleyball practice, you're winded and in need of a break. When your coach chews you out for missing a spike, you A, suggest that if she didn't run her players into the ground, she might get them to perform better. B, tell her you're sorry, but you need water before the next round of drills. Or C, get back into position and try to concentrate on your next next move. D, volleyball is fucking stupid. <laughs> I hate <laughs> their bumping. <laughs> How many stupid fucking, I always have bright red wrists. setting, bumping. It's so stupid. That's a so stupid sport. So you're picking sport. B or A? Whatever, whatever makes volleyball the most stupid sport. A, I'm going to go with Probably A. Probably A, yeah. I'm like hitting with okay. my little fingers and like hitting with my bumping and like it's smacking my wrist. It was, it was actually my least favorite sport in hate school. hate volleyball. I was just really fucking bad at it, but I was bullied and then I would pretend to be bad at it. It hits your wrist and it goes off in a different direction, but it actually gets some velocity or it smacks your forearms like it's supposed to and it hurts like a <laughs> motherfucker and goes nowhere. It did. Fuck it volleyball. Did. I got spiked in the face with volleyball with fuck wearing volleyball glasses. And fuck Wilson. I'm <laughs> glad you got left to the scene. Here's the thing. I fucking 
sucked at volleyball and I was like forced to try out because we had a tiny elementary school and basically everybody, anytime they had tryouts for any team, everybody had to try out or we wouldn't have a time, a team, but I like pretended to be really bad at it. I think I actually might've been pretty good at it, but I pretended to be bad at it just in order to aim the ball at the person bullying me. And I just fucking smacked her on the side of the head countless times with the volleyball. That's amazing. It was the best. It was my best move. Smash it. Next question. Your best friend swears you to secrecy about her latest crush. So when he sits near you on the bus, you A, talk about everything but your best bud. That way no secrets will slip out. Scratch her phone number on a sheet of paper with the note, call her, she's crazy for you. You fucking <laughs> That's weirdo. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> or C, try to work her name in a couple of times, especially when he's talking about their common interests. C, uh, yes. uh, although the only person who would put B is some kind of weird uh, control freak who secretly wants to torpedo their friend. Totally. Yes. I would never do that to someone. No, no, it's super mean. Next question. Your boyfriend is so nervous about dinner with your family that he drops the salad bowl. You A, reassure him that it's no biggie and get some soda water to clean up the salad dressing spots on the rug. B, shriek and then (laughs) spring like an Olympic runner for the carpet shampoo. Or C, say it's okay and continue eating your first course. The bowl didn't even break. These questions are fucking weird. I think James would say it's okay and continue eating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's lazy. <laughs> what is the other he's not rude but <laughs> what is being like it's okay don't worry and like giving them like napkins to clean it up i would have broke up with them in my mind <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. all right it's a busy saturday night and you're waitressing one customer has made every substitution under the sun and then sends her chicken back because it's garnished with parsley I hate these Fuck people. this person <laughs> right off the bat you A, tell him you can help. You snatch the parsley sprig off his plate and grind it into the floor with your heel. <laughs> that was <laughs> oh my me. God, that's, so, that's so salty. I love it. <laughs> B, politely point out that the menu specifically mentions parsley garnish, but smile and do what he asks. Or C, offer to take his plate back to the kitchen. The customer is always right. Or D, spit on them. <laughs> uh, I would do B. I would, I would be passive aggressive. That's what I do. Not me. I used to work in a restaurant where we were allowed to tell customers to fuck off, and I took liberties with that. Amazing. (laughs) I could see that. (laughs) All right, last question. Your little sister invites you to her new rock band's jam session. Oh, fuck. (laughs) That sounds cool. Dee's like, no fucking way. (laughs) Not one of them can play a chord. (laughs) You A, applaud between numbers and try to dance along. They'll be disillusioned enough for the school talent show. B, whoop and holler, but pull your sister aside afterwards and suggest you take music lessons before hitting the stage. That makes no sense. There's like the school talent shows happening in like three A's. <laughs> yeah. um, or C, clap your hands over your ears and wait for her outside where you tell her in no uncertain terms to give it up. That mean, I, that's mean. I, yeah, that is mean. I would do A, be like, you guys are punk and the fucking the chords don't matter. Just your attitude matters and your intention matters. I'd be oh, like, you guys sweet. are a fucking L7, a punk girl band. Let's fucking Cute. go for it. That's a good fucking answer. Excellent. All right. I'm doing the Girly Max calculator. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, So you got, since you asked, there was three tiers. There was the tell it like it is, the since you asked, oh and the God. no comment. Since you asked is so passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. 
When it comes to mixing honesty with diplomacy, you know the perfect recipe. Your communication style is like Sabrina's. You say exactly what you're thinking and feeling, but not at anyone else's expense. Striking a balance between stating your opinion and being respectful is difficult, so keep up the good work. But don't freak out about occasionally taking a stand. Says Jacobson, we all step on people's toes sometimes, and we all get intimidated. By staying within the two extremes, you're able to express yourself and be considerate at the same time. Those answers, those answers were given. And so when they say, when they reference Sabrina, they're talking about Melissa Joan Hart. Yes. Sabrina, the teenage witch. She is probably. Who has a lot of opinions. I thought it was the Harrison Ford remake of a 1950s film. (laughs) She has a lot of opinions about sex before marriage and all kinds of shit. She has a lot of opinions about Jewish people. Mm. Um, Yeah, she is problematic to the core. Anyways, one time I was at a bar and some guy started talking about the weather. And he was from Calgary, which is the one strike against him. But uh, he started talking about the weather and I, uh, I said what I could, but he kept trying to... Uh, talk to me so rather than engage with them I went to the bathroom and stood there in the bathroom <laughs> for a long enough period story. of time until he just I assume he would just get go away so I know I know how to shut up I don't know how to interact with human beings you know when you came back from the bathroom visit everybody thought you were shitting right or doing cocaine <laughs> No, no, it was shitting. <laughs> James's other worst fear. Every time I go to the bathroom, first thing I do if there's a line, I go, oh, no matter what. If I take a stinky poop, I go, oh, my God, that's horrible. So the, I, I nail it on the first person. And then when I leave, I sniff a lot. So they think I wasn't taking a stinky poop. I was doing cocaine. Oh, my God. You're such a loser. <laughs> I'm a cool guy who doesn't take stinky poops and does cocaine. <laughs> At cool bars. <laughs> is he a fucking loser weirdo? Or is he an evil fucking genius? Or does he wear <laughs> leather blazers and do cocaine at cool bars? <laughs> and then it's 3 a.m. I'm on the corner wearing my leather. This dude comes up and he's like, hey, punk. I'm like, yeah, whatever. thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of girly mags if you haven't already followed us on instagram it's girly.mags if you missed it our patreon is patreon.com slash girly mags we got magazine scans access to archives little community there and uh we'll send you some merch give you a quiz if you join our five dollar tier and rate and review us on itunes or whatever the fuck please we please, love reviews. Please, please, please. I also. haven't rated or reviewed anyone in my entire <laughs> life, but it really matters to us, and I will personally notice every single review, especially if you write out words. For any of our listeners who are true crime fans, I know for a fucking fact I left out a ton of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so if any of you have picked up what I haven't put down or Andrea hasn't put down in that murder segment, please let us know because we love chatting about murder. Totes. Yeah. And on that note, I'm going to murder James. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.